UFC President Dana White wiped the floor with a Canadian journalist after the reporter tried to ask him to control his fighters' opinions. BC MLA and former BC Liberal leadership candidate Ellis Ross will be leaving provincial politics to pursue election under the federal Conservative banner. Federal Immigration Minister Mark Miller has admitted that the international student visa system is out of control. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, January 23rd, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Unlike other sports leagues, UFC President Dana White refuses to control what his fighters say or think. White defended the principle of free speech following an intense exchange with a Canadian reporter about former middleweight champion Sean Strickland's past remarks denouncing gender ideology. In a news conference following UFC 297, Dana White confronted Toronto's post wrestling journalist John Pollock, following the widespread circulation of Strickland's initial clip, which has amassed 13.2 million views as of Monday morning, this new clip of White's post-fight news conference also went viral. About like, you obviously give a long leash to your fighters about you know what they can say when they are up there with a UFC microphone, and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. Like, is there? I don't give anybody a leash. Well, I'm saying you... A leash? I'm... St- like Free speech. Control when, what people say? Going to tell people what to believe? Going to tell people... I don't fucking tell any other human being what to say, what to think, and there's no leashes on any of them. What is your question? I was asking that question. I'll move on, though. Yeah, uh, probably a good idea. You sh- that's ridiculous to say I give somebody a leash. Free speech brother. People can say whatever they want and they can believe whatever they want. As of Monday morning, leading reports video on X had amassed 14.5 million views. Ex-CEO Elon Musk also chimed in to support White's stance. Pollock, in his post-event YouTube video, reflected on the confrontation with White. He said that he's faced some blowback following his exchange, which he said he accepts. In hindsight, Pollock said that he wished he had used the term latitude instead. Regardless, he said that he got his response. So when you watch this clip, you really get a sense that this reporter's question betrays his system of belief. In some sense, I think this journalist, as many journalists do, believe that people, public figures especially, should be on a leash and should have their opinions and free speech and thought controlled by their handlers. But this was a great response by Dana White, because he wasn't having any of it. You can tell that Dana White is genuinely irritated by the question, because of the underlying assumption that he should somehow dictate his fighters' free opinions. And it's refreshing to see somebody at the head of a sports league, 
knowing what we do now with other sports leagues and companies that have kowtowed to places like China. Who was the basketball player? It was a LeBron James. I mean, you see this in basketball. There are so many players that have kind of restrained themselves when talking about China or when confronted on the situation there, including huge names like LeBron James. Even the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, has bought into this whole diversity, equity, inclusion nonsense and was even recently defending it on X. So Noah, do you expect this comment or response rather by Dana White to prompt other sports league leaders or perhaps team owners to follow in his footsteps? I'm not that optimistic, Cosman. I don't believe that the uh, leagues like the NFL or the NBA will follow in the footsteps of the UFC, but I do think it is symbolic of something important that's happening within the culture, and that's that wokeness is uh, on its downswing. It is currently dying, and uh, people like uh, Sean Strickland uh, cannot be canceled uh, for expressing their views. Uh, perhaps they are heterodox views, and perhaps they're not accepted by the majority of the population, but uh, people still have to respect and acknowledge his freedom to say those things. And uh, platforms like X uh, give him the platform uh, to say uh, things like that. And uh, it looks like the commissioner of the UFC, Dana White, is also allowing uh, Strickland to say those things without having to face any repercussions or anything like that. For example, in the NBA, uh, you alluded to this, if, say, LeBron James uh, came out and you know talked poorly about uh, China's human rights records, uh, uh, then not only would the NBA crack down on him, but uh, also Nike will crack down on him. And uh, just so you guys uh, know, LeBron James has a $1 billion uh, lifetime contract with Nike, so he definitely doesn't want to mess up that relationship. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it is good that Sean Strickland is able to uh, say things that, you know, is uh, goes against the mainstream because at the end of the day, Canada and the United States should be liberal democracies that value freedom of speech, unlike uh, other countries who are more authoritarian and don't uh, value freedom of speech or, or, or any other uh, freedoms. Former BC Liberal leadership contender and current BC United MLA Ellis Ross is set to launch a bid for the federal Conservatives. True North has learned that Ross is expected to officially declare his intent to run for the Conservatives in the Northwest BC riding of Skeena Bulkley Valley on Wednesday. This announcement follows his unsuccessful bid for the leadership of the BC Liberal Party in 2021, where he lost to Kevin Falcon, leading the party's rebranding as BC United. The Conservatives did not immediately respond to a request for comment about Ross's candidacy from True North. Leader Pierre Polyev is currently campaigning in British Columbia and is scheduled to hold a rally in Prince Rupert, which is in Skeena Buckley Valley, Tuesday evening. Ross, who entered provincial politics in 2017, quickly ascended in influence and profile. Former Premier Christy Clark appointed him to the cabinet, where he assumed the roles of Minister of Natural Gas Development and minister responsible for housing. Notably, Ross, also the chief counselor for the Heisla Nation, played a pivotal role in securing a $50 million agreement with Kitimat LNG for the construction of a liquefied natural gas plant. So, Cosman, you'd probably know this more better than any uh, journalist uh, in True North. Uh, the BC United Party, they have not been doing good in the polls lately as the BC Conservatives, a party that has been dead for a very long time, 
uh, has been ascending in the polls led by John Rustad. And uh, we have seen a couple of BC uh, United MLAs leave the party to join the Conservatives. And now Ellis Ross is leaving the party to join the federal Conservatives. So how big of a loss is this to the BC United? And is this symbolic of a trend that is going to continue? Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's definitely become a trend by this point. So the first person to jump ship was John Rustad himself, who was later uh, acclaimed leader of the party of the BC Conservatives. And then it was BC United MLA Bruce Bannman. And at that time, as I mentioned in this article, Ellis Ross was one, I think the only MLA from BC United to say that this was a good thing, actually, that there needed to be more voices in the legislature, although he did follow that with saying that he was going to remain in the BC United caucus. But now we see him moving to the federal conservative party, where I think he does have a really good shot at winning that Skeena-Bulkley Valley riding. And in many ways, this is a huge plus for the federal conservatives because Ellis Ross is very popular in BC, especially among, you know, conservative-minded people. I would say he is probably one of the most respected conservatives uh, within that BC United fold. Formerly, I, I, and I, I think I need to explain this to people outside of British Columbia because it's so complicated with all the name changes. BC United used to be the BC Liberal Party who lost to the NDP. Uh, it was former Premier Christy Clark who led that party, followed by the former leader Andrew Wilkinson, and then they had a leadership race, and the current leader, Kevin Falcon, won, and he changed the name of the party to BC United. But re regardless like of all that, the BC liberals were supposed to be the center-right alternative to the NDP. It was pretty much a mix of sort of centrist liberals and conservatives within British Columbia. But at some point along the way, and I think the, the major turning point was when they disqualified um, conservative activist and filmmaker Aaron Gunn from the leadership, it essentially signaled to everybody that they have picked the liberal branding as their identity. And then to, to everyone, it just seemed like they're this wishy-washy party without any principles. So it's no surprise that this major exodus is happening. And Ellis Ross is the latest instance of that. So we're going to see an election, I, I suspect probably spring or summer. There's an election coming up in BC, but it could very well be called early and the polls are not looking good for BC United, it, it might turn out that the BC Conservatives will become the official opposition, which is like a historic thing in Canadian politics. And on the other hand, Pierre Polyev faces a really good shot and, at getting a lot of Conservative MPs elected in British Columbia, and that's why he's here right now, and he's been campaigning here more frequently. <music> As the debate around Canada's immigration targets continues to be a hot topic, Canada's federal immigration minister Mark Miller himself acknowledged that the current level of temporary foreign workers 
and international students has grown at a rate that is unsustainable, going as far as to say the system is out of control as he vowed to look further into it. It's something we are going to look at in the first quarter, first half of this year, said Miller during an interview on CTV's question period last week. That volume is really disconcerting. It's really a system that has gotten out of control. While Immigration Minister Mark Miller did acknowledge the problem, he's shifted blame away from Ottawa and onto the provincial governments. Miller announced Monday that the feds would be capping the number of international student visa permits issued, reducing them by 35% over the next two years. The subject has been a popular talking point for some time now, including at an Economic Club of Canada meeting earlier this month, where Bieta Karansi, chief economist at TD Bank, gave a rather blunt perspective on the issue. Frankly, I'm surprised we have screwed it up because we are so privileged in Canada. We don't have 2 million people crashing our borders like they do in the United States. We don't have to fight that battle, said Karansi. We're not dealing with this migrant flow across the border. We design our own policy, we put it in place, we implement it, and we still screwed it up. And the government did indeed screw things up. And no, I just find it so funny that Miller, in his comments, just refuses to address or rather accept any responsibility. He says... It's a system that has gotten out of control, as if there are no reins on this system, as if there's no government, you know, making decisions and, and putting out policy. It's just a system like a wild animal that's going this way and that way, and nobody's really in control of it. Like, give me a break. The government has been ramping up immigration levels year after year. We're hitting record level numbers, and of course it's gotten out of control. Do you ever suspect that the Liberals will take accountability once for the disasters they leave behind, Noah? Accountability for the Liberals? I think it's actually more likely that Mark Miller will try and shift blame onto the provinces, as he already did, and onto, say, the Harper government of nine years ago, because that's honestly all the Liberals do nowadays. They shift blame onto other people to detract from the fact that they've been in government for nine years. They have had the reins of the immigration system and just of the economy in general, and look at the results that it has produced. Uh, when Mark Miller says uh, the system has gotten under, under out of control, well, under whose watch has the system gotten out of control? And that's the Trudeau government's watch. The Trudeau government They've had control over uh, the amount of uh, international student visa permits that were issued uh, for nine years, and they're only reducing it now after the problem has already gotten out of hand. So for Mark Miller to just talk about the issue like this and to try and shift the blame onto provincial governments, who can only respond to the amount of students that the federal government is allowing into the country? Well, it's honestly disingenuous, you know, to put it lightly. And quite frankly, it's to be expected from the Trudeau government. That's what they've been doing for nine years. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, please keep an eye out for The Andrew Lawton Show later today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.